everybody and welcome to another episode of Relative Pitch. Today we are so excited to have two amazing people join us today. Please give it up for both Liz Love and Robert Sladen as they join us today. Hello, Robert. How are y'all? How are y'all doing in this October weather that we're having in October time? How is that? We live in Texas. When nothing is nothing is fall here at all. <laughs> I had like a dinner party. Liz was there last night and it was like gross. It was muggy. Disgusting. We've been like, oh my God, I'm so excited to get outside. And then like we're sitting around and like, I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's a little hot over here in Georgia too. I'm mm-hmm. ready for the leaves to change and the fall to be there. It's not here either. But then when it turns six o'clock, he goes, gets his trench coat. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Cold easily. Okay. What's, what's weird though, being in Seattle, it's supposed to be cold, wet, rainy right now. It is Georgia re- weather outside right. right now. I did not sign up for this. I left for a reason. I yeah. cool. I got air conditioning. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Liz, Rob, whichever one wants to go first, but tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you are and how you got to where you are. Um, so, whichever one wants to fight first should go. So, whomever. All right. Uh, sure. Hello. I'm Robert Sladen. Um, I am the former band director as of like four months ago at Leander High School. Um, I uh, live here in Austin. I've lived here for almost 20 years now. I went to UT uh, and got my music ed degree there and then just got super lucky. Yes, hook them. Um, I got super lucky and got a job at Leander as an assistant for back in 2008 and was an assistant there for seven years. And then uh, kind of annoyed my boss enough to retire and he gave me the job and then I uh, was the band director there for the last seven years so I, I was there 14 years total and it's unique in that it was the only place I've ever taught um, it's the only place I've ever had a band experience um, which has been a phenomenal one I've really loved it um, and then just recently well actually I guess the last five or six years I've been writing my own music arranging specifically for marching bands and uh, wanting to become a full-time composer, um, but it was going so well, and I kept having people reach out, and I I didn't want to keep balancing the head band director thing with also writing, and that was something I was super excited about. So I just took the plunge and started my own business, Saladin Music, um, and I'm writing my own music right now and wanting to become a full-time composer and music arranger and living the at-home life right now. It's pretty awesome. I'm loving it. I love that. Did you hear that shameless plug? Slated yeah. music. You, you, you have to do it now. Mm-hmm. Follow me online. <laughs> You're going to link it down below, okay? Like, like and subscribe. Right, like and subscribe. It's down below. It's down I will below. say, sorry to cut you off, Liz. It did work because I'm already Googling Slated music. <laughs> it, did, it did work. My website's not up yet, so. <laughs> it didn't I work. Ready. I got the Google ready. <laughs> um, in my Harry Potter office, I've turned a closet in my house into an office and it is working great. I'm loving it. So, yeah. Also, I'm sorry, but for my Harry Potter friends that are I out know, there, I know. Hagrid. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hagrid I died. I can't. I can't. Like, I'm a Harry Potter fan and I'm just like, no, no. no. Literally, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. You can't see it, but I have a Harry Potter tattoo and I'm, yeah, I'm devastated. He's so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, Jesus. Rest in peace. I know. Rest in peace. So, Liz, how about you? Um, hi, everybody. I am Liz Love. I am currently at Leander Middle School, um, but this is actually my first year there. Um, I uh, grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I went to I got my undergraduate degree at the University of Nebraska, and then I got my master's at UT, which is how I ended up in Austin. Um, I then right after my master's degree, I sort of didn't know what I was doing, and as we, a lot of us do. And um, I taught private lessons and worked actually full-time as an administrative assistant, and that was terrible. And my then boyfriend said, you should probably go back to, like, you should probably do teaching, because I obviously had done my undergraduate in music education, and um, I did my student teaching at a middle school, and I just fell in love with those strange humans. Um and then I uh, decided to go back and got my Texas teacher certificate. And then I got, I was at um, running Brushy Middle School for my first five years of teaching, which feeds Leander High School, which is where Robert and I became such good friends. And then for the last five years, I was at Grisham Middle School in Round Rock ISD as the head director. 
And then just this year, I started uh, back up in Leander Middle School. I love Leander ISD. I love that area. Um, I'm so excited to come back and hang out with those kids and families and community. Um, So it's really cool because... The kids that were my sixth graders my last year at Running Brushy are currently seniors at Leander High School. So I still have a little bit of a connection there. And then now next year, my, some of my kids go to Leander, some of them go to Glen High School in Leander ISD, but I get to kind of come home. So yeah, and I'm a middle school director and I married to a software engineer and he's pretty cool. And um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I I definitely want to talk a little bit about um uh, Rob. You hit on a point that we have talked about here on Relative Pitch a lot, which is like the balance. Because like I feel like especially in our our field now, um we have had to learn how to be more than just one thing, and that's something like with my own students. When we talk about like you know you can just do one thing, but you kind of have to be able to do multiple things while doing that one thing, right. and the idea of like wh- how to balance that and how to figure out which if there is one you want to do more how to figure that out how is that something you you went through to figure out this is what the path you wanted to go down sure um it, i mean it definitely wasn't always that way i've always had the itch to want to go be a composer music arranger and stuff but just never really dove all the way into it but when it comes specifically i think to teaching and and band it's like the constant fight that everyone talks about, you know? And I, I think like, just to put it bluntly, I mean, I, I think band directors everywhere are working hard, no doubt about it. Texas has this uh, crazy, insane expectation that comes with it, that especially as a high school band director, um, we go to every single football game, no matter where it is. And that's a whole extra thing on top of it. And there's there's all these weird elements of Texas band that add time and everything. And then just the pressure of being in this crazy area. And it's like a, it's a, a uh a stressor at times but also like a pretty awesome blessing to be surrounded by these incredible band programs because you have all these awesome resources at your disposal and great people and uh that was one of the best things about working in leander isd is just the support from the entire community and it, it yes it was competitive but at the same time you know i could call mike howard or call chris yee or any of these guys who are doing awesome things evan van dorn and they would all help me uh through my journey as a band director which was great um, as far as the balance part of it goes, it's something that Liz and I have regular conversations about all the time. And even this week, we've had it just about her job too, and things that she's going through. And um, it, for me, it came down to, I mean, let's just dig in and get real, like right at the, out of the gate in the podcast. Uh, band directing is freaking phenomenal. It's one of the best jobs in the whole world. Making music and teaching kids is like absolutely uh the best thing I think people can do just being being a teacher like you're affecting society and families and kids and communities in ways that most people can't it's pretty freaking phenomenal I love it and I miss it a lot um for me it kind of came down to this place of um I was ignoring my own personal happiness at the sacrifice or my my happiness was being sacrificed for the band program and that's my problem not the band's problem not the kids not the community that was me and i was ignoring a lot of the personal issues that i had uh, that i wasn't dealing with and i was avoiding going to therapy avoiding dealing with family issues and uh you know being my genuine self and that's one of the things that we talked about at this ut conducting workshop but even prior to that what spawned the ut conducting workshop thing is liz and i and mike howard's presentation at tmea Um, And one of the things that I bluntly talked about was just band directors and specifically, as an example, me not taking care of myself um, in order to be the best I could for that program and those kids. And uh, for me, it was ignoring the fact that I was gay and I was avoiding and avoiding and avoiding and avoiding it for a very long time, as gay people naturally do, Um, and living an unauthentic life, which was keeping me from being an unauthentic teacher. And the kids could like see that easily without knowing I was gay or not, but they could just see I wasn't like a a genuine version of myself. And what that was for me is I would just dive all my time into that place to ignore the fact that I had a bad relationship with family members and um, ignore the fact that um, I didn't want to deal with my own issues that I had inside of me. 
and instead would just put all my time into that place and work harder. And I, I would veil it in, well, the kids deserve this. They deserve everything I have. Um, the, the community deserves this. They deserve everything I have. If I don't do this thing, then I'm going to be a failure for them. Um, and that is like the absolute worst way to frame that because all that did was just cause me to only work and then go, well, I just don't have time for all of this. Um, and it caused me to have a lot of like regrets for myself and my relationships with my family. And, um, you know, I missed like two, two of my cousins are like my favorite people in the whole world. One, my cousin Megan is like my sister. Um, and I didn't go to their wedding cause I had a band event and I, I, I had convinced myself that like not being at their wedding was okay for me to be at this band thing. Um, and, and that's me. And, and I'm not saying that the whole world is like that in band directing. I'm sure there's a lot of people that balance it beautifully, but I think a lot of people don't um, at the sacrifice of going, the kids deserve everything I have. And that's just not true. Um, it, it's a job. And I think that sometimes we look at this as like, um, we're saving the world or like, if we aren't being successful competitively, then we're bad people and bad teachers. And um, there's so many different variations of all of this. Um, so for me, I, I got myself fixed and I went to therapy and I did the work. And through that, I had the realization of like, um, this, this is an incredible thing I'm doing, but I feel very fulfilled by it. And it was time for me to move on. Um, so that is, I think to answer your question first, like that's what I had to do, like for my own personal balance to realize that like, there's more to this um, job. There's more to my life that I want to achieve and succeed at. And um, I, I had to start there personally. And what that allowed me to do is go, hey, I can do this for this program too. Like I, I can find a balance for these students. Like we asked so much of those kids and coming to early morning master classes and then going to school all day and then going to marching band rehearsal after school. And then they go home and we also ask them to practice their region music for 45 minutes a night. And then, oh, they actually have to do their homework. And at what point in all of that do they see family? Do they go to church? Do they do other organizations? Do they do their other athletics? Like hanging out with their friends and their family. Like we we were pulling so much from those kids and not realizing it that for me, there had to be a balance that I, one, set as an example, and two, allowed the kids to do the same things themselves. And so through that, we just like made a massive change at Leander. And we just sat down and decided that we were going to cut a bunch of stuff, um, that we were going to take that, take hours out of the marching band rehearsal schedule and not do the full amount, um, that we were going to stop doing certain master classes and, and change things that off of weekends and get things during the weekday. So that way they could be with their families and travel or whatever. Um, and it was great. Like our, it, the success started happening because we were valuing our own personal time and taking care of ourselves and the kids. And um, I mean, we could talk about this for ages and hours, but to me, it's like, what example are you setting number one as an educator? And then number two, like, are you uh, allowing your kids to have a positive experience over competitive results? And if like the, that isn't first and foremost in your mind, which for me, it wasn't for a long time, but if that isn't first and foremost in your mind, then I don't think the competitive stuff is ever going to happen. Like, I, I think that people can beat down their kids all they want until like good results happen. But like at the end of the day, is that kid like going to look back at that experience and go, yeah, that was worth it for that like first place trophy or for making finals or whatever it is, winning this honor band thing. Like, it, I think there's multiple ways to do it right. But for us, we had to make some massive changes. Mm. Wow. There are like so many things you hit on that I was like, okay, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Like I'm, I want to come back to that. But before I like dive into that, I want to invite Liz to, um, to talk to your experience with this idea of balance and, and setting intention and boundaries that we've been talking about before we dive in even further. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think the reason that like Robert and I got together and I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time as friends, just how, because like when, when I first started teaching, um, you know, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska and the systems that are set up for teaching band in Lincoln, Nebraska are so different from the way that they are here. My dad is a, a former band director. And I remember just like, he pulled kids from their like, like gym class once a week and was teaching like a flute and a clarinet and a trumpet. And then once a week, they'd have like a before school rehearsal and it would be just a disaster. And, and so I think when I went through my time as a kid, um, my expectations for like what band looked like and what music making looked like um, were very, very, I don't know, so different than they are now 
in a good and in a bad way. Um, I, I sort of was in this place where I, I didn't love, like, I did not love marching band at all because it's not as cool as it is here for sure. Um, I didn't enjoy it. So I didn't do it. I did jazz band. I did choir. I was a choir kid, like to my heart. Um, and I, I sort of like went through that and then the, and then it was interesting to like move to Texas. First of all, no one likes Texas anywhere. Like even in like in Nebraska, they were like, Ooh, you're moving to Texas. Like what? They're all like terrible human. No, I mean, kind of, but that's like what the conversation was. And, and, and I was like, no, it'll be great. It's like hot there and there's no snow. And, um, I, I, you know, when I moved down here, it was fascinating because like being a UT was absolutely just one of the best experiences of my whole life. Um, Jerry Junkin is like 86% of the reason that I'm here because the weekend that I came down to audition, he was giving, I had a rehearsal and I just like listened to the YouTube one ensemble and I was like, oh my God, I'd never heard anything like it from, from anyone. I mean, like that weren't like professional musicians. So um, I, when I got here and I sort of like jumped into the to teaching lessons, I taught lessons at Leander High School when Robert was there and we weren't friends yet because I didn't like, I was like, no, it's this place. I just like, do you remember the day that I like my car? I, I locked my keys in my car. Do you remember this? There was like a morning, like I was a disaster. I mean, we all were, but like, like I, I like, I remember like being in this world and being like, wow, these kids can like play really well. And then just kind of like not really understanding what it was all about. And then I, you know, finished my master's degree, had such an amazing time at UT. And then I started, um, when I got the job at, at Running Brushy, like I thought I was like, yeah, I, I, I like have this figured out. It's great. And I'm going to like teach beginning saxophone. I'm a saxophone player. I'll be fine. And then I was literal trash. Like I was so bad. Like the, like I, I remember like I, I, I went to those kids when they were seniors at Leander High School and I was like, y'all, I'm so sorry. Like I just like went in there being like, I got this, ain't no thing. And then I like looked around me at all these people doing such incredible things with their kids. And I was like, oh, I, I have no idea what to expect because when I, like my expectations were all sorts of all over the place. So when I started, I was like, I was like, happy, fun time band. We were like, we were having a great time and the kids were laughing and they were walking all over me because my classroom management was trash. And then like a couple years into it, I was like, oh man, I really have to like get a little bit more strict and, and, and do these things. And I watched these like insane band directors in Leander ISD who are just like brilliant, like holding their kids to these crazy high standards. And I was like, I'm going to do that with my third band. And like, halfway through my third year of teaching, I was like, I'm miserable. I'm so, I'm so like, the kids don't want to be there. I don't, I, I'm like having the worst time. And I called my friend, Amy Allison at um, Canyon Ridge middle school. And I said, like, I was like in tears and she goes, Liz, are your kids having fun every day? And I was like, go on about this fun thing. No, I, I was like, I was like, no, absolutely not. And, and it, you know, shifted me back the other way. And, and then I got kind of into this place where I was like, okay, I can like have high expectations and we can have a great time. And I started really enjoying it, but then I was also staying at the band hall until seven o'clock every night as a third band director in a middle school when there are three of us who are like all doing things and we're all sharing the load like we this should be a place where I can go home pretty much right at the end of the day because I'm efficient with my work and I'm doing these things but I wasn't mm -hmm. and I, I at the time I didn't I didn't know I, I mean I was still pretty young and, and I remember having a conversation with Darcy Williams at Styles, and I called Darcy and I said like I I I'm like stressed out and I, all these things. And she was like, well, when do you leave at the end of the day? And I was like, well, I have to stay late. And she was like, why? And I was like, well, I had, there's all this stuff to do. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, if, if I'm not staying late, like all these other people that I see that stay late, like I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I thought like there was this deep seated belief that like, if I was not sitting at my desk at 7 PM, when somebody called me to ask me a question that I was a bad band director, I was bad. And, and I believed it. And some of that is my own stuff, but some of that is what this area and Texas band has done for band directors. Um, we're all in our TMEA talk. We talked about like, we're all a part of the problem and we're all a part of the solution. Like everybody in the room is, is part of this conversation and can, can be part of the problem or can be part of the solution. And so I kind of went on this journey of like, okay, what am I doing? And it was funny. I was like starting to kind of get in a little bit of a better headspace. And then I got a headband director job at Grisham. And I was like, 
well, now I really have to stay late because I'm a head band director now and I'm in charge and there are only two of us. And, and, and there were so many reasons that I was like stressed out about all of the things. So I started there. And at some point, my husband looked at me and he said, I don't feel like I am number one anymore. And I was like, well, there were a lot of tears, but, but I was like, but I was like, yep, that is true. And, and to his credit, he's just the best human being on the planet. And he is, we have a great relationship where we talk openly about these things, about our feelings and how we, and how we function together and how to make it better on a daily basis. And he was willing to say the thing and I was willing to be receptive to the thing, which is always a really important thing in a relationship. That's a different conversation anyway. But, um, you know, we had this conversation and that was the moment that I was like, shit, like I'm not doing this in a way that is, is sustainable for my relationship with my husband, who is literally the best human on the planet. Robert does. He's just like, he takes care of me. He makes me dinner every night. Like this human being is so kind and so selfless. And I was kind of taking advantage of it because I was like, well, I have all this stuff to do. And it's really important that I'm there super late and I do all these things. And so Robert and I have been talking about this for years. And, and it finally came to a point where we were like, we should talk about this in front of other humans. <laughs> because I think that we were having the conversations of like, why am I, why am I tired? Why am I stressed out? Why do I feel like I need to be there late? Why, why are these things happening? And then Mike kind of came into the picture and all three of us were like very much on the same page. And, and so I think this is something that I am currently bad at because I'm in a new position. And I was just, I called Robert about this week and I was like, I'm coming home and I'm, and I'm upset because something hasn't gone amazingly because I'm in a new place and I'm, you know, I'm setting expectations and I'm, I'm getting the, trying to get the kids on board and the eighth graders are like, who's this lady? She's, we don't like her. And, and, you know, like, and there's, there's so much, and like, there's so much going on that. And, and so like, I have been working actively over the past couple of weeks specifically to like, okay, so I'm having this moment of feeling like crap. I feel stressed out. I'm I'm frustrated with the way that something went at school. And then I get in my car and I'm like, okay, I have 15 minutes to figure this out. Because when I walk in my door, it is not fair to the person that I love and I live with who is just wants to be together and have a wonderful evening together and have quality time. It is not fair to him that I bring this like load for lack of a better term into, into our space. So mm -hmm. I read this book and I'm obsessed with this podcast. Um, it's called uh, burnout, the secret to unlocking the stress cycle. And it's changed my world. Um, it's by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And they did a great podcast with Brene Brown's on, on Brene Brown's unlocking us. And it's great. And it is, it has helped me realize that like, when I'm having these stressful moments that I have to complete the stress cycle by doing something, I can't just like hope it goes away. Um, and so the whole idea is that there are like action items that you can take meditation, breathing, physical exercise, um, uh, affection. Literally, they say that a 20 second hug where you're like hugging somebody with your full body against each other and you're only focusing on the hug is as good as a two mile run. And I hate running. So that's great for me. And I love hugging. Um, I should get a shirt that says that. Anyway, the point is, the point is that like I have figured out those ways to allow that that like job. Cause that's the thing that I don't, I, it takes me a lot of effort to pull myself out far enough into the perspective of going, Oh yeah, like it's a job. And I'm going to go back tomorrow and I'm going to do it again. And I don't have to carry it home. And I don't have to, cause I wasn't physically carrying work home, but I was always carrying the emotional part of my work home on a daily basis. So I've been actively working on that. A lot of that's completing the stress cycle. A lot of that's calling Robert on the way home. And even we leave each other very, very long voicemail messages because we're both very busy. And so we just, I call and I just say a lot of words. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, yeah, I feel better because I've had that moment to sort of process through some of those emotions. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of a long journey towards your question, but that's, that's what I've, those are the things I've been thinking about, especially over the last 10 years of teaching. And I will continue to think about for the rest of my teaching career, because with, with someone who is pas as passionate as we are about teaching, playing music, whatever that is, always comes with that, the stress of wanting to be better and wanting to push. Cause if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be as good of teachers. We wouldn't be as good of musicians. And it's an important thing to have, but then being able to balance that with like, okay, I did my best today. Look at all these cool things I did. Moving on. We'll be back at it tomorrow. 
Wow. Um, both of you, I know all of our hairs is just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, one thing that I, I love that, that I heard from both of you is that, and, and I, I believe one of you said, I can't remember who said it, but when you, whenever I heard it, it was just balance implies equal, which your profession and, and your personal life cannot be. And when that was said, I was like, hmm, that's such a, a interesting, you know, take because whenever we hear balance, we think, okay, 50% my personal life, 50% my work life, you know, and it's balanced, it's equal. And then I should be fine. You know, I should be, you know, walking on clouds because I'm balanced. Um, but hearing both of your stories, you're like, no, it is not. Um, it is different. Each day might be different. Some days I might need this more. Some days I might need that more. Um, and I really loved how for both of you, you realized that and you're like, okay, something has to change because right now I am not happy. And me not being happy at home or, or in my personal life and I come to school is also not affecting my students in a good way either. And I think um, uh, I forget whom said it, but it was just like the students really, they see that. They see that. And I know for me and when I was teaching, I was like, students really pick up on a lot. We do not give students enough credit, even when they're like elementary student age. They know a lot. They can pick up on a lot of things when, when their teacher walk in the door. They can see you're sad or you're mad or, or any emotion that you may have. Um, and so for your students, for both Liz and, and Robert, were there any a point when your students just kind of gave you a reality check? Like, are you okay? Did you ever have that in any point of your career? Uh, my favorite one was when a kid walked up to me. I mean, you know, middle school boys, they're the worst. And a kid walked up to me and he goes, Miss Love, have you had your coffee today? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, bro. What do you like? What do you? He's like, yeah, because it's you look a little rough. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. And so we literally had a conversation afterwards where I was like, listen, if you want to talk to people correctly, you need to be kind, and this is how we do that. Right. Um, yeah, but but I but I I mean I always say your kids are a reflection of you, and I see that the place I see that the most is like at at Regent Band when we all come together and our kids all come together and I'm like oh I know exactly what school you're from and I know exactly what school you're from because your kids take on your your personality and the way that you approach them and if you are kind and loving I mean they're middle school kids they're not always kind and loving but if you're kind and loving like they they're going to reflect that if you're patient they're going to reflect that if you uh, if you are frustrated when other people don't do the right thing and you get on their case and you're all up in their business they're going to also do the exact same thing um in another space um, but I, and I see that all the time. I think, I think I talk about that a lot with my, um, staff is like, you know, they, they see right through you. So if you're trying to be someone who you are not, and, and that's a typical thing with young teachers, right? Like we, we come in and I, I mean, I tried to be someone I wasn't for a while too. Um, and I, I tried to, cause I was trying to figure out my stuff and I was trying to figure out my rhythm and my personality with the kids. Um, but I talked about that a lot with my people that I work with is like, if you're not showing up authentically, the kids are going to see right through that and they're going to kind of roll their eyes at you a little bit. And they wouldn't be able to express that to you. Well, middle schoolers wouldn't be able to. They wouldn't be able to tell you why that's the case. But that is for sure something that I have seen a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had a question. I wanted to go back to Rob because, th th again, this is one of the points you you talked about that, um, that I wanted to come back to that Liz just brought me back to. Um, this idea of like being your genuine self and figuring that out how I, I feel like through my education and my, like Michael Anthony know exactly the people I'm talking about. We have seen people start off with us who grew into who they were as time went on um, and, and they came to terms with that, whether that was their sexuality or a lot of other different things. But you specifically mentioned your sexuality and being like a genuine, like being genuine to who you are. Can you speak to that? And talk to especially like maybe people who are not sure if that is what is happening or maybe they're scared <laughs> to know if that's what's happening like how did you deal with that um i mean it was hard <laughs> it was very difficult um but uh for me it like got to where i noticed i was kind of isolating myself from family members and friends and um 
I, I like just my daily uh, my daily experience was always very negative and uh, there was always something nagging in the back of my head of like like you don't feel happy like you, you can just tell like I, I don't feel fulfilled with what I'm doing and I was like trying to make these massive life changes and like why am I making these immature decisions like this doesn't th- this is not um this is not correct for me and, and I I definitely would have some friends that would comment on it and family of just like why are you always so angry all the time or why are you always so stressed all the time and hey I, then I started to realize that I was being known as the person that was the band director that was just always busy and the person that wasn't available and I saw my college friends that I was really close to start to distance themselves and live their own lives and so I think for me it's like being aware of what's going on around you and kind of checking in with yourself um you know I think it looks different for everyone but for my experience like it it was it, it it was like personal stuff obviously that I had to be comfortable with myself but it was also like grappling the fact that like people around me that I loved weren't okay with it like weren't okay with my personal lifestyle so I yeah I came out and I was excited about that and that helped to an extent but then there was like more reparative work that had to be done and you know working with trying to figure out like with family members that weren't accepting like how I was going to navigate that and what that was going to be like for me and um it it was incredibly difficult but um once again I just like I you know I came out and then I started noticing myself going back to just like putting everything I had into this job and kind of ignoring those problems still so can't stress this enough like go to therapy <laughs> if you're unsure even if you don't know if it's a sexuality thing um or a relationship thing or a marriage thing um whatever it is it can encompass any part of your life whatever that is like go to therapy you got to talk about it with an unbiased person that's a professional that can help and there's so much shame that's around that idea of going to seek help um and i think that's just come from coming from fear of people having to deal with what's actually going on and i was there that was definitely me um but what i can say is that through that experience um it allowed me like when i get in moments of extreme stress um or i get in moments of adversity or places where i i can notice that my happiness is decaying or whatever that might be it allowed me to have the tools as a human to go like oh i can handle this i i can either reframe the situation or i can like attack this problem and like deal with it maturely and head on instead of just hiding myself in something that wasn't healthy um and i i think that that first had to happen and what was really cool about it is when that happened and i found happiness within myself and not in relationships and or i found happiness with my family which you know, by the way has uh taken a full 180 and been incredible and um those family members are in a much happier place about it and have educated themselves and it's been awesome and my patience i think was a a helpful thing in that scenario um but all of that allowed me to like look at the job differently um and go like man if i'm not being who i am there are a ton of gay kids in this program that are seeing someone in front of them who they might think is gay or it could potentially or whatever or is you know not this like old band director that is just unhappy and doesn't have a great marriage and all the like there's so many scenarios that they're watching like for me when i was a kid and i'm, I'm sure for some of you guys like when you're in high school it, when i was in the early 2000s like there was a singular gay kid in the in the whole school one kid and that kid got bullied all the time so i am never going to come out are you kidding me no one's going to know anything so i just hit it for a long time and I can't tell you like when I, I I didn't like come out to the Leander High School band program, but um, when kids would come talk to me about it, I would be honest and like, yeah, I'm gay. I'm I'm in a relationship and I'm super happy and I, you know, would put pride stuff in my office. So kids knew that like I was super supportive and like just those tiny little things like you, you couldn't imagine like the number of kids that either would walk in my office and talk about struggling with it or walk in my office, feel like this is the only person I feel like I could talk to. And it, it, I'm not a therapist and I would do the right thing, obviously, ethically and everything, but they just had like a comfort zone and a safety in that place. And I'm not saying that every band program needs to have a gay band director on staff and, um, and you know, a trans person on staff and all these things that would be great for all of these kids to see, but like an open, honest conversation genuinely about it to where kids feel comfortable. Like we can't say this is a family and this is a safe space and we support everyone if we don't actually show it all the time. Um, and I wasn't showing that, and not just by acting about it, but saying it out loud. And um, 
you know, Leander is in a very conservative county in Texas. Um, you know, we're surrounded in Austin, which is a pretty uh, progressive uh, part of the state. But outside of Austin, it, it goes heavily conservative. And um, I never one time since being out and proud as a band director at Leander, never one time had a singular parent or kid uh, have any negative reaction at all. It's just been amazing. They loved me to death. My time there was incredible. And like, it felt so great to like do that and be brave about it because I was like, oh, like this, this wasn't as big of a deal as I thought. And what I actually did was help a ton of kids along the way, which was really cool. I love that. I love that. I just speak on both y'all's points. Like the students know more than you think they do. My biggest thing after COVID was being honest with kids. And so like the high school I worked for, I worked for before COVID. And the only reason I took the job I did, because I wanted to win a grand champion at a marching competition. And I literally this year told them that I said, the only reason I came to this school is I knew y'all were good. I knew I could make you a little bit better and I knew we would win. And this year I was like, I admitted it. I said, Hey, now I'm here on a whole different journey. Cause I'm a whole different teacher. I want you to be good humans. I want you to enjoy music. I just want you to get better at music. I'm not saying I want you at a pro level. Cause I don't even know if I'm there some days. Cause I don't know what comes out on the other side of the belt some days, but like, I want you to enjoy music. I want you to enjoy the time that we have together. Um, and I, I like prefaced everything. I'm like, y'all, I'm a very intense person. I am going to yell, but it's never at you because you're all brass players and you're playing. I'm going to yell over you because I have a football coach mentality hashtag. Um, but yeah, being honest with your kids, they'll be like, I respect you more because they're like, you told me the truth. Now I know I like you. And just seeing these kids come up to me and they get, hand me their like pottery stuff. Like they'll make stuff in pottery class and they're like, do you want a manatee? Yes, I want a manatee. Yeah. And they're like, do you want a frog? I said, I will put my keys in this frog. Thank Always. you. Always. And it's, it's just the, the best thing ever. But it shows in some programs when they're not receptive to the band director, when they avoid going to the band director and go to staff and like and they just like and they go to like other kids and they put kids under their pressure when it's like our job to like give it all we can we know how to dissipate it for the majority of time because we're all getting older and getting better yeah. but like hand us everything we'll dissipate it how we need to we'll hand you back the information that you need and that's what you're trying to say to yourself but you don't really know yet and then we can go through it like i had a kid last night was mad about a competition result it happens and like, it's just like the way he was raising his family, the way that I was raising my family, we're like sports people, military people. If you don't win, you, you lose. And I'm like, I was like, bro. And I had to break it down and like football reasons. I'm like, what we're doing here in this program is different than what they were doing here before. You got to understand it. And if you want to sit down and talk about it, I can lay it all out for you. Like, but teachers, we're like, at least at this school now is growth mindset. We're doing process over product like it's how we get there and even if we get there late like if we if our best show was november 12th and our last competition was in october then we finally got there i don't care how we got there but we got there and it's just like we're teaching to that we're not teaching to like oh we're gonna go out and win and, blah, 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 and ruin your faces and ruin your passion for music because then hashtag i'm not gonna have a job in 20 years and i would love to keep teaching music for the rest of my life but the kids know more than we think they do. And we need to respect the kids and not saying they're not as busy as us. Because I remember when I was in school, I thought when I failed a test, it was the end of the world. You know, we're the, we're the creators of our culture. What's important to us is what we decide. Yeah. And when we, when we value competition over experience, the kids know that. And then 99% of the time, you're going to be devastated. And then band becomes about results and the two seconds that your name gets announced or not. And, you know, we, we talked about this all the time and we've talked about it in all of these podcasts and uh, TMEA things and all that stuff is like 99.9% .9 of what we do is rehearsing our kids. Like, why is that not the most fun and enjoyable thing that we do? And if we're relying on lock-ins and band barbecues and winning competitions to create culture, then we do it wrong. Like the best part, and it's, it can be intense and it can be hard work and great work ethic that can all exist. 
and an enjoyable environment where kids want to work hard. But if they don't want to work hard and they feel like they're being forced to, then when your name doesn't get announced, it's going to be 10 times more impactful than it is as if, you know, you went and got, you know, third instead of first, but man, the kids had a heck of a day and a great performance and they loved it while they were doing it. Like we get to establish what's important. Um, I think we missed the mark on that. Program culture is created and maintained every second of every day. Like, and, and when I have a bad day and I'm in a bad mood and I, and this is like why teaching is so hard. Um, but when I'm in a bad, in a bad mood, cause of something else that's going on, like I, I, when my little double read class comes in and I'm irritated cause my band earlier that day were being buttheads. And then my little, and then I'm like, those little double read players are so excited to play their instruments. And if I'm in a place of like, well, but I had a tough morning. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times I will literally like the kids will sit down and be like, guys, I'm really having a tough day. I'm having a tough day today. How are you guys doing? Are you having a tough day? And then they usually like, we like have a little conversation and they'll be like, and because they're so sweet, they'll be like, well, Miss Love, if you think about this and this and this, isn't that, and then they just like, cause they're sweet little babies. Um, I was going to say something just about like talking about honesty with your kids. The pandemic positively destroyed me as a human being. And that was the reason I went to therapy and thank goodness, because let me just say once again, Everyone go to therapy. Um, Everyone, no matter where you think you are in your life and how you feel on a daily basis, go to therapy. I am feeling, I am in such a great mental space right now in my life. And I go every two weeks and it's one of my favorite things I do. Um, Anyway, therapy. And I started going to therapy and then I talked about it and I still talk about it Mm -hmm. with my kids. I'm like, oh, I have my therapy session at nine. I got to go like my sectional finished and I have to go do that. Um, and, And I think it, I think it's so important like that. That's also like transparency, like, Hey, I'm also struggling. Um, I think I kept a lot of kids in band simply by just saying, yeah, I don't really want to be a band director right now. Like during the pandemic, I was like, this is trash. Like, of course you don't want to do band. I totally get it. Let's not make any like life altering decisions right now. And <laughs> we would have those conversations, but that, but that is like, that honesty is so important. And it, it, it does, it makes kids instantly go like, oh, this person cares about me and is willing to be vulnerable. I mean, to a point, obviously, um, but is willing to be vulnerable in front of me and say those things and also remind kids like you're a human because mm. sometimes they just forget that like they see you at target and they're like oh, you leave the school and i'm like yes <laughs> and i go to target a lot so i'll probably see you again soon <laughs> no and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, Michael. you might you might actually i wanted to add to it um the pandemic i think revealed a lot for a lot of people both personally and professionally um and i, I credit all of this to mike howard he said it the best at our tma thing um but everyone suddenly in the pandemic was like all right guys we got to keep kids in bands how do we make band fun what do we do what are all the fun things we're gonna do and it's like why wasn't that your initial reaction before the pandemic like what why why weren't you just trying to make band fun anyway it's like and and it's just so funny that it revealed all of this and once again we're all these things we're talking about are all things that we did at some point wrong and uh we're not perfect at it and it's hard for me to talk about it on the outside because i did leave my job um but i i think that like start there like it's if you're struggling like one self two how am i communicating with the people in my relationships with me my friends my actual relationship that i'm in husband wife and then go like am i like providing a positive experience here this is an elective like kids elect to be a part of this band is supposed to be enjoyable um we definitely missed that mark we think that just being good is the fun part being good is fun but it's not everything like kids at 99 of the time just want to eat pizza on the bus on the way home or hang out with their friends like that's why they're in bands like when it comes down to it that's okay and that's like something as a teacher i've gotten to be like there, there's a couple of kids that i'm like you're here love it i'm gonna give you like five high fives for this one rehearsal like i'm all about messing with I know I might get in trouble with the, the actual directors. I just like walk around the field and I'm, I just like make them laugh. And I like, I'm like, what y'all, what y'all trying to do? Y'all trying to, y'all trying to fight today. And it's just like, they all laugh. And I'm like, I love this. This is like my goal every day when I come out into this hot asphalt is to make you laugh. But two quick things before Anthony takes it. One thing I love during COVID was everybody started doing chamber music because there couldn't be a large group of things. And I'm still trying to take advantage of that because I love that. And I'm like, y'all remember how you kept this thing going. Let's just make it a part of life. 
And then, yeah, I love kids, Anthony. <laughs> um, so, uh, so for me, um, back to being honest with your students, I mean, one, from uh, I just live who, you know, I am. And uh, obviously I'm rocking this nice little velvety purple shirt. And, you know, I, you know, I was going to comment on it and it looks fantastic. Thank I you. Need Thank you. I need it. Uh, oh, absolutely. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Um, so like, and this is how it show up to school. And, you know, I remember back in college, they, there were professors that would say, you might want to think about, you know, your outfit changes or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I will not. Because this is who I am. And for me to be happy, one thing I do like, I love a good fashion, okay? I love a good uh, a good piece of, of a good, you know, suit or whatever, you know, coming with a good garment from time to time. But you know what? That, when I got to my job, that's one thing that related me to my students. It was like, oh, Mr. Morris, yes. what's your fit going on? I'm like, well, thank you. Thank you. And like Michael, how Michael was saying, you know, bring little gifts and things. Just randomly, every day, I got a pride flag or something rainbow. And I'm like, are y'all trying to say something? Are y'all trying to tell me something that I don't know? What's going on here? But then, you know, every little pride thing that I would get, I would, you know, put it on my podium or something like that. And there were other kids who would be like, Mr. Morris, why do you have that over here? Well, hey, do you not see who I am? Like, come on, come on now. But, you know, but that opened the conversation to have like, yes, I do support this rainbow flag and I support what it means. And this is why. So it was an it was a door to one expose all of my students because teaching in Florida in a very more conservative part of Florida, it's a very interesting road to be on. But still because even in these conservative places we have to educate our students and most of the time our students are so open for a lot of things like this generation they are way open than my generation and the ones before like some of the things that they they talk about and that they are such a supporter for I, we would have been shocked we would like we never speak about that and i love that I really, really love that. So that is just so great to see. Um, can we but, find for oh, a second yeah. and talk about, can we all stop making comments to each other about each other's appearances? I just want like negative comments. Like, can we just, can we just stop that? Like, I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say like, usually about a woman mm -hmm. after a performance at like UIL, which is like our big contest mm -hmm. of like, well, maybe she should have worn something. Uh-uh. It is not in your place. No one. No one should be having any more comments about anything that people are wearing or their appearance Appearance that is not uplifting. That's all. The end. Period. And that's on that. <laughs> and that is on that. And uh, I, I was, I remember when that professor, you know, said that to me. I was like, no. I look well, they probably, good. Hold on. They probably <laughs> thought they were trying to help you. And like, that's what, the, and, and like a generational, this is all a little generational and I'm not giving them any sort of like pass on this, but it's just like in those moments, it's not helpful. And that's why we need to keep talking about it in that way. Right. Right. And, and so again, wear what you want girls. I, I'm just saying like, be comfortable in what you wear, because when you are comfortable, that is when the beauty of, of teaching and educating really comes out is when you're comfortable. Um, and I, that leads me to my next thing is, I never thought this way, but I know some people do think this way, that the idea of being a different person on the podium and off the podium, you have to have two different, you know, personalities. Um, I'm this hard tyrant on the podium. I have to get things done. Ben has to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then, sure, I'll joke around with you off the podium. But now students are like, who, who am I dealing with right now? Which who where, where is the middle part so or who is it on this day who do i have on monday and who do i have on tuesday right so so what are y'all's um thoughts on that go ahead liz okay so i actually am gonna because i teach middle school so 
in my world, I firmly believe that there does have to be a slight difference, but it is only due to like classroom management reasons. So like when I speak to my band of 50 children, I, especially because my energy is pretty high in general, I can't be full, like full Liz, like full tilt, um, because it would be literal chaos. It would be mayhem. And so we have the, but we have this conversation. Like I set this up at the beginning of the year where I say, listen, um, when we are in class and in that 45 minutes of my life that I only have with you on a daily basis, this is like time to get stuff done. Like we are in we are in go mode. We have a lot to do. Um, we, I'm not going to allow you to just say random things and be silly because it's going to distract from our rehearsal process and we're not going to get as much done. However, when you need to understand that when I step off the podium, you, when, if you have an issue, come chat with me. My door is always open. Um, in my sectionals with my kids that I have with my band kids that I have, that's when we build, like do the majority of the building of relationships. To your point, though, yes, I I am me. I am me on the podium. I am just slightly more focused me. And then when I'm off the podium and we're having these conversations and I'm and I'm able to be a little sillier in a way, I, I just basically pull it a little bit further out instead of just being being that because like I have to as far as like keeping things on 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 the right track. I do understand what you're saying though, and that it can't be because it is. There is some like which person am I going to get today? And that I've heard, I have had former kids that go on to different places and they say, well, you just don't want to piss off whoever that is. And I'm like, how do you, what? And I'm like, oh, don't, don't approach so-and-so they're having a bad day. I'm like, whoa, a kid should never be like, don't talk to Miss Love. She's having a bad day. Under no circumstance would I ever want a child ever saying that about me because that's not what my, that's not my job. My job is not to just like oh, well, you irritated me. So now I'm going to be in here stewing or, you know, like that's ever, 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 ever. Um, and that's, so I, I, yeah, like consistency is the, the biggest thing right there. Consistently being who you are. And then also like setting it up and being like, hey, I, you might notice I'm a little bit more serious on the podium, but that's just because we have a lot to get done. Um, and And then also, oh, this is another thing that kind of goes along with this not being more intense during like the contest season and, and then chill for the rest of the time. Cause then the kids are like, Oh, UIL is coming up. Miss love's going to be cray cray. And I'm like, no, that's not how this is supposed to go. So consistency and be who you are, but also like if that intensity is required, be that like that all the time so that they're not confused and startled when something is different. Yeah. I think hard work is just hard work, you know, and we have to, we have to show that through the way that we teach. And I, I definitely struggled early on in my career of like being just super intense and never recognizing when kids were doing the right thing, which I think is probably more valuable than the correction. Like, you know, it, for example, just like being on the marching field and you're just like constantly like doing as many reps as you possibly can and fixing and fixing and fixing. And our eyes are always looking for what is wrong, what sounds wrong, what looks wrong. And you're constantly talking about that. And then at what point do the kids get praise so they know that they're doing it right? And I think that we miss that part. Like if that was as equal to like us trying to fix things, then what we're doing is establishing what we want, like what gets rewarded gets repeated, you know, like, so if we can reward whatever that is, then they're going to go, yeah, that's the one I got praise for that thing. I'm going to keep that action going. And I think that comes from kind of to your point of what you were talking about is like, yeah, it's okay to be an intense teacher and, and drive and do those things, but then like find moments to like show your vulnerability, like show your personality, uh, call kids out and praise them. And I literally had like a sticky note at rehearsals that I just, it would just be sitting there and it would be like, say nice things. And I'd look down and be like, oh yeah, okay. Say something nice. And I would get on the mic and be like, Andrew, you're doing an awesome job. Your feet are in time. Great. And everyone would be like, yeah, Mr. Slade gave a compliment. And then it just like totally changed the pace of that rehearsal. And it's amazing like how we forget that stuff because we just get in this mindset of I have to fix and clean and make it sound better. That's my job. But once again, that's actually not our job. Our job is to create an awesome experience that's musical for the kids. Yeah. And so I think if we can find ways to, to value that more, then I think you'll actually get better results. Did you make up what gets rewarded gets repeated? I didn't. Uh, uh, hashtag. I work for this leadership organization oh, called Sassy um, over the summer. And that is definitely uh, somewhere. Someone made it up. Probably Manny Maldonado or Jeremy Spicer, Nick Williams. Someone smart said that. Love it. 
because you should steal things all the time. That could be a whole segment of this whole thing is us just going like, steal everything. Ask for help. <laughs> Feeling stressed? Call someone. Oh, ask for help. Community. That that is that's a big conversation that we had with this TMEA clinic. Was like, uh, the only reason I'm good is because of the, no. One of the biggest reasons that I'm good is because me trying to be nice to my sales um, is because I asked all these people for help and I asked questions and I asked uh, how to do things and 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 that I, there's a lot of people out there who think that we have to do this job on our own on an island and the answer is absolutely not. I everything that I have that I do I have stolen and I credit those people left and right because it is the right thing to do and then I share it out to the people that come to me to ask for help. I say like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know what to do either." And then I tried this and it was awesome because this person told me how to do it and when I I've, I've stolen stuff from Robert Saladin left and right and it's because he's really smart. So it just community asking for help is all that stuff is just so important, especially when it comes to like dealing with balance and stress in this job. And like, I, oh, oh no, this like situation came up. I've never dealt with before. I have like 12 friends who probably dealt with this exact situation before instead of stewing here and trying to write the email and being so stressed out, I'm going to call them and see what they did because they've dealt with it before. And it's so important. You know, to add to that too. And then eventually we're going to let the three of you guys actually talk and run your podcast. You? Here. Um, but uh, I, I, this is one that was like hard to swallow a little bit. You know, when people say like kids are a reflection of their teacher and everything. And I think that my, most of the time when band directors yell at their kids or are a tyrant to their kids, it's because they don't know what to say to fix it. Like that they don't have the knowledge in their head. And so their reaction is get pissed off at the kids because they can't figure it out. Why aren't you doing what I'm saying? I told you to, I've reminded you so many that like that anger that exists that people get so frustrated. And it's like, well, if you knew a different way of teaching that because everyone learns differently, then maybe that would have been more successful. Or maybe you're getting pissed off that your flutes are out of tune because you actually don't know what the tuning tendencies are. Or you don't know how to fix those things. And so I think that is what goes back to Liz's point is like, when you get in that place, this is something Robert Herring and Henry said to me all the time is like, when you get to a place where you don't want to know what to say, and he does this, is like, you just look at the kids and go, you know what, this isn't getting better. I'm going to call someone and ask for help. And tomorrow I'm going to have an answer for you. And like that, that just happens. And then go fix something else and then call the person, get the help, try it the next day. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't call someone else. Follow through with that too. Yeah, absolutely. I literally did that last Monday. You can ask Anthony. I called him on my way home. I said, I have a, I, this is at my college. I'm supposed to be like a higher academia person. And literally never had a student that had this problem. I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm like, we're going to play some duets for the rest of the lesson. Cause I, no idea. I'm going to call two people who've been teaching a lot longer than I have called them the next day. I'm like, here you go do this. I'm like, just admit when you don't know something, they're going to be like, wow, they're human. And it's also not like this bank kind of information. Like I will give you ATM knowledge, but you have to give me everything that you ever, but no, just share and share when you're wrong. Cause I was like, I told a kid to go low. I said, I think you're sharp, like really sharp. And he went lower. I said, I was wrong. You're actually really flat. Like started pushing them up. I'm like, it's okay to admit when you're wrong. And I feel like a lot of like music educators think if we admit that we're wrong, we're going to lose all control of our classroom and respect. I'm like, I think it's the reverse. Like they're going to actually be like, wow, this person's in it with us. And they're just not in the front of us just doing the things. Oh yeah. I don't know how many times last week I said, Ooh, that was a bad instruction, bad miss love. And then we moved on. Like, just like I, they, they didn't get it. Half of them didn't do the right thing. And instead of being like, listen, I was like, Oh, <laughs> terrible. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's there. There's an idea like there's a time and a place. I say that all the time for so many different reasons. Like there are moments where we have to be like, let's dig in, let's really like, like for the next forty five minutes, get in there, nitty gritty. And there are also moments where I'm gonna joke and be like, do y'all watch this show, The Bachelorette? Do y'all know about da 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 da? And like you know, we'll talk about pop culture, like and like I mean. I be dressing too. So sometimes I go to my students and everything. They're like, where'd you get those shoes from? And I'm like, girl, I'll send you the link. Like, you know, like I love talking <laughs> about those types of things and like being like, what, what did everyone have for dinner last night? Like, oh, I love hot pot. Like, where's your favorite spots? So, you know, like there are those moments where you can find 
within it's not like when you're up on the podium you like have to like completely block out personal things and like those things because sometimes that can help you know them relate to the musical lesson even at that moment but i think the biggest thing is that you should not be unrecognizable like to like whenever you're on the podium versus when you're off the podium like they should be able to see you for who you are regardless and just know oh miss green we're working right now that's just what that is and then later on if i want to talk to her about stranger things i'll talk to her after class like it's fine you know what i mean but i'm not a different person because of that and i when i start when i talk to my students whenever we first start our lessons i always go what did you do this week in class what did you learn did you learn something did you have something fun this week and especially if it was a holiday i'm like what did you do and then we'll, sometimes especially the older students are like it was like really a lot like i was really busy and like i got tired or i was a little stressed because this thing and this thing and then we'll talk about it i'm like oh well like when are you when are you finding time to do this when are you finding time to do that and they're like i don't have time to do that then we talk about it and i'm like okay and you always have to tell me like especially as a, like a private lesson teacher i'm like listen we have an hour together a week. I know sometimes private lessons can be stressful, but like if you're having a bad day and you're like not mentally here, then let's talk if you, we can either talk about it or I can let you go take a nap. And I've done that many times where I'm like, you need to go sleep right now after this class or maybe right now, we don't even have to have class and it's fine. I'm not, we're not gonna talk to your parents about it. You just need to go sleep and that's fine. But like that, I think it just goes into the bigger talk about balance. Like you just have to know how to read the room and know your students well enough to go, okay, I'm sensing something here. Like we have to like figure this out. Um, but and that again, that because that comes with being genuinely who you are, because I think the more you know yourself, the more you're able to see those elements and those ideas and other people and um, just awareness in general. So my neck is from nodding so much. I was like, I was like, yes, yes. All of those things, Lauren, correct. All of them. I love it. It's so good. I love it. So, um, oh, sorry, Anthony, go ahead. No, I mean, first of all, just, I would just, from us as well as the pitch, thank you too for just joining us today. Um, for all this knowledge, like we are, we're sitting here as you were nodding to Laura, we were nodding as all of you are, were speaking and we're just like writing, jotting things down. So, uh, so I know that your TMA session, uh, you changed my, my complete mindset. I, I was, my mouth was just at the floor. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Liz, cause you were there and Robert, I don't know if the camera was on me, but my mouth was on the floor while y'all were speaking. Um, at the UT symposium, uh, uh, the UT conducting symposium, your knowledge is just amazing. And I'm so glad that um, you two are talking about these things because for a long time, being a band director was about this very hardcore thing that it was just like, you have to be this way. And it's like, no. It doesn't. And I'm just so glad that y'all take the time to talk about this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, you're so welcome. Yeah. And this is also like, like we're smart, but we're also like just loud. Like we just <laughs> say the things. And, and I think that's what's like missing. There are so many smart people doing beautifully wonderful things. They maybe just aren't talking about it as much. And that was our whole goal with TMEA. And then also when Ryan Kelly asked us to do the UT Conducting Symposium was like, we just want this conversation to continue because we're having it. Like we're having these conversations together. A lot of our friends are because we're forcing them to. Um, but but like we're just we're just vocal and and willing to be vulnerable and say the things in front of a thousand people at TMEA. I don't know how many people walked up to Robert Sladen afterwards and were like, thank you so much for saying the things you did in front of those people. And it was just one of the most brave things. I'm going to cry. Just like one of the most brave things ever. And I just stuck. And I just like, I, I just think that like this conversation needs to continue in every space in the teaching space, in the college, like college music. And it's just, it's, it's so important. And so just thank you for like letting us come and just talk at you for a while. Cause we, we were very passionate about this very clearly. And I think what you're doing with this podcast is very special. I agree. And I, I think if we're going to, a lot of this is happening around us right now, right? Like there's a ton of people quitting teaching and young teachers come in and they don't even make it five years. And I think people need to stop 
doing this like why are people teaching or quitting band like all these all these people are leaving like you need to stay for the kids and all that like I, I don't think that that's being yelled from the rooftops but i think the thing is is like it's not the person that's the problem it's the experience that's the problem and if we want that to change if you want people to stay in this activity then it has to stop being about winning things and posting on facebook that oh i stayed until 10 o'clock tonight or like oh like we had a long hard day like a, how many bantober posts that i have seen from people right now talking about like oh i'll see you in november like when august started and people were like oh well you know i told my wife a band directing starting i'll see her at the end of end of uh marching band it's like no that that shouldn't be it actually like what if we just changed what it is and i think people just need to be brave that's that's it people need to start having this conversation and then actually putting it into action and making changes in their programs in their lives mm, preach speak speak and speak. on that note and on that note thank you everybody for joining us for another episode of relative pitch um we will link all everything down below so how you can just keep up with liz and robert so please thank you again please give our guests a hand clap and go follow them and everything else so see you next week bye bye Woo!